to The Cup, the currently unnamed podcast where we put the T in reality, and you can always come here first to quench your reality thirst. I am Lana, your resident diva, here to give the tea, spill the tea, drink the tea, because you know I loves me some tea. So if you have that tea, you know, do hit me up. And uh, yeah, who we got today? Uh, hey, everybody. It's Brooke coming at you straight from the cockles of Northeast Tennessee. Uh, I am a college graduate currently back in college for grad school who plays way too much Smash Bros. And uh, this weekend I even went and competed and did some fun tournament stuff. Didn't do great, but you know, that's fine. Uh, and lately I've been playing uh, Spyro 2 Ripto's Rampage from the Spyro Reignited trilogy the past week or so. Um, and I'm excited to talk about a A-minus Royal Rumble. Okay. I I'm drinking uh, a slushy from Pokeball. A minus, whatever, you know, we'll see what it is, but uh, who it is is Wes Reed, and I'm here to talk some wrestling, so that's what we're here for, and uh, we can get started on that. Yeah, we, like they said, we're here talking about the Royal Rumble, we're recapping what we watched on Saturday, and um, I don't know about you guys, well, we, we talked a little bit off camera, but I particularly enjoyed the rumble i won't say it was the best rumble i've ever seen but it was far from the worst rumble i've ever seen so i i thought it was pretty entertaining i I watched the whole thing and was pretty much engaged the entire time so that's to me that's a good rumble yeah completely agreed i uh you know i predicted this is either gonna be a bad rumble or a great rumble i think this lands Maybe not in the greatest, but it, to me, it definitely succeeded in being a pretty great rumble. Especially, oh, Wesley, if, we'll talk about Wesley, it more, but uh, the end there was fantastic. Wesley, you forget something. This cannot possibly be the greatest Royal Rumble, because that already happened in 2018. Um, but, you know, I just um, want to, and also, if no one got that reference, it was a Saudi Arabia joke. Haha. But um, regardless, um, I liked parts of this rumble. I have minor structural issues that we will talk about when we get to the matches that are relevant to it. Um, but I, do, I think for the most part, it was a really good rumble. I also just watched it with some really good company. So that was fun, too. <laughs> He's not talking about me. He didn't watch it with me. Uh, Lana, they did, not, they did not watch it with me. They did I not. I would have loved to have watched it with you, Lana. It would have been great. It would have been a fantastic <laughs> if you watched it with me. I Absolutely. think if we would have all been in the same place, it would have been amazing to watch mm-hmm. the rumble. Who knows? Maybe one day something happens and we can all be at the same place at the same time to watch a big wrestling event. Well, allegedly, when they get done building um, the new football stadium in Nashville for the Titans, they're going to be having the WrestleMania there in 27. So if we're doing this in four years. I mean, I can get to Nashville. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's, it's not far at all from me. I can get to Nashville. Uh, I mean, look, I've been to WrestleManias in Atlanta. I've been to WrestleManias in New Orleans. I could go to WrestleMania in Nashville. Period. The jealousy seething through my veins that you saying I've been to WrestleManias, plural. <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh, I've been to three WrestleManias in my lifetime, babe, and it will not be the last. Uh, anytime it comes close to where I am, that's where I'm, I'm mm-hmm. going. I'm, I'm going. I'm making my mission, my life's mission to go. <laughs> but okay, Royal Rumble. 
We'll start with the order that they gave us. And the first match of the night was the Men's Royal Rumble match. First time I was, in the history of the show it has ever opened the Royal Rumble. I was very shocked by that. I was very I thought they were either going to go with the Bianca Belair Alexa Bliss match first just to kick it off or the Women's Royal Rumble match because you know WWE hates women sometimes. But um so well, I mean, starting this off. This is I believe was this the 6th Women's Royal Rumble or the 5th? I can't remember. Um 6th Sixth, yeah, this is the first time since 2018 that the women's Royal Rumble has went on after the men's. Yes, so you know, crazy stuff here. But I think this was honestly one of the better Royal Rumbles we've gotten in the past like seven, eight years. I think it's probably the best one we've had since like 2012, maybe 2013, possibly because that was a good Rumble too. Um, just on the whole, this was a really good Rumble. A um, couple of really big standout performances from people like Gunther. Um, I would argue Dominic Mysterio had a really good Royal Rumble showing as well. Um, Sheamus went 52 minutes. Like, we're not talking about that enough either. And, of course, the prodigal son himself, Cody Rhodes, did what we all predicted he would do. Um, but it was a really good Rumble. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, I think it was a, a perfect example of we knew what we needed, and we were given exactly what we needed. Um, we had uh, some amazing performances. I think that for, you know, as a Rumble goes, I would say it's one of the harder Rumbles to find a bad performance in the Men's Royal Rumble. Um, I think everyone did uh, pretty well, and uh, we had a lot of talent. Of course, the only thing to note was we had some talent missing, right, Juan? Mm, yeah. So yeah, a lot of people missing. This is one of those um, structural issues I was having with the match, um, with the show, because, uh, just for context, we're not sure what day this is going to go up. We're recording this on uh, Tuesday the 31st, so Raw happened last night, and we saw Rick Boogs come back on Raw last night, and we saw Dolph Ziggler return on Raw last night. Neither of them were in the Rumble. Um, which I have issues with that. You have people like Mustafa Ali, who is just an incredible talent. We did not get a single NXT wrestler in this Royal Rumble at all. Um, outside of color commentary Booker T for NXT, if you really count that. Um, and also, on top of that, we really only got two surprise entries with Logan Paul and Booker T. And when you compare it to the women's match which had surprise entrance, NXT people, um, a couple of returns even, it was really easy to tell the difference as to which one was a better format. And this is one of the few times I think a 40-person Royal Rumble would have been way better. Um, especially considering that we had people like Chad Gable, Otis, uh, Street Profits. Um, you could even make an argument for the New Day, as much as I love Kobe and Xavier. Um that, you know, people who aren't going to win the Rumble, they're in a tag team, established in a tag team, we know they're not going to win, and a lot of them just kind of took up a slot when it could have went to other people who, you know, maybe they didn't need to be in the Rumble, and also would have probably taken up a slot, but they're in singles positions versus other people who are going to be in tag team matches at Mania, if at all. Um, and it was a bit 
of a letdown that we only got Logan and Booker T because before the match, we had 28 out of the 30 entrants announced by the pre-show. That is nuts to me. We were talking about last year that with the women's did the same thing. They had like 28 of the 30 and they had surprise entrants get announced early and everybody was going all crazy about it on Twitter. Nobody said a damn thing about the men's and that shows a lot to me <laughs> about how a lot of wrestling fans are. They don't pay attention and I don't think a lot of people wrestling fans care or they do care when it's I'm, how do I say this? They care when it's about like to nitpick and, and, and tear down the women's uh, division. They'll tear that down. They'll nitpick. They'll find things to talk about not like and da 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 but when it comes to the men's division as long as they're wrestling we don't care as long as they're out there doing their thing i just it's it's, it's interesting to me but uh you know. question before we continue is the is it recording because i don't see the recording thing on my screen it is it is definitely recording okay. Just wanted to make sure. <laughs> it is definitely like recording. An hour into it and be like, oh, God, we didn't press the record. <laughs> oh, no, I, I I definitely did do that. Just wanted to make sure. Um, But, yeah, I, I, I feel it's interesting how, like, that you pointed that out, that nobody said anything about the two. We only had two surprise entrants. We knew half the, pretty much most of the entrants before, like it, by pre-show, we knew who were going to be there. And nobody cared. It was just like, okay. And even the surprise entrance were kind of like, eh. I okay. think the only one that was like really cool to me was Logan Paul. Uh, because, and even then, I'm not even a Logan Paul fan, but it was nice because he's good in the ring. We can't deny that. He is very good in the ring. And well, after that spot, and tries to deny it, looks pretty crazy. <laughs> yeah. Um, but Booker T, it was in Texas. We, you know, I figured we'd either get Booker T or Shawn Michaels, even if it was just a two-second Shawn Michaels spot. But, um, you know, it did. the Rumble itself was great. Really good storylines through it. Um, you have Dominic Mysterio. I will say this to the cows come home. I think Dominic Mysterio has just turned into a star <laughs> off of this one match. Um, because... Granted, he wasn't really doing a lot different from his Judgment Day stuff, but a lot of what you're seeing from Dominic is really great character work. Um, and people are like, oh, God, I hate Dominic Mysterio. But, like, that's kind of the point <laughs> you're supposed to. And he's doing it in a really compelling way that, you know, Ray probably could not have done a lot of the things that Dominic is doing right now character-wise. Ray Mysterio is always going to be cheered no matter what he does. Dominic is such a natural heel and I didn't really expect that especially like when he first debuted against Seth Rollins in that like street fight thing that they did at SummerSlam a couple of years back he is kind of killing it right now in the best way possible also you know, we got a further into the Dominic Ray stuff with the mask it was great with the Dominic Ray stuff too it's hard to not see a comparison to an early Cody Rhodes perhaps when I, when I look at Dominic, you know, what he's trying to do, and perhaps this angle will accomplish that, is he's trying to rip himself away from, from the shoulders of his father, right? And we already saw Cody went through hell and high water to accomplish just that fact. So I think that there's some interesting themes there. There's some interesting, uh, you know, 
uh, cycles of, of generational talent that we're starting to see. Um, and I think there's a lot of uh, questions uh, kind of brought up with this Rumble too, which I found super interesting in general, is that I almost felt that this Rumble asked more questions than it gave answers. Mm-hmm. Well, most definitely. Well, most definitely. And it's... Um, I feel like... I, I, I do agree with you about Dominic. I think Dominic has shown that he is a heel. He can't he he's he's definitely going to break away from the mysterious you know, Ray's shadow in this form because like you said, Ray could never do this. Ray could never become heel. It doesn't matter what Ray Mysterio does, he is going to always be a face. People just love Ray Mysterio. He, and he earned that. He earned that. He earned this path. Uh Brooke. I'm about to say mute. I'm <laughs> oh, sorry. It's okay. <laughs> uh, um, but yeah, he earned that right to be just Ray Mysterio. People are going to love him. Dominic is trying to establish who he is, who he wants to be as a wrestler. And I think this heel this heel journey for him is actually really good because he's doing his job. Mm-hmm. People don't like him and that's the whole like you said, that's the whole point. And he's done so well because he gets on my last nerve. I'm like and this storyline, oh my God, about prison and his whole <laughs> prison stint. It's so stupid, it's funny. It's so dumb, it's right. You know what I'm saying? Something that's yeah. so stupid is so right. Because it's like, we all know, bro, you could not last a day in prison. You were in a holding cell, but okay. Mm-hmm. Sure, you're the mean streets in prison and you know what, you know, whatever. But, and the fact that he has people like the Judgment Day backing his story up like, yeah, he's the big man. And like, you got a Damien Priest and a Finn Balor who could like fling Dominic Mysterio, like fling him for real, for real. And they like, oh no, he's the big man. He's scary. You know, like, mm-hmm. what? It's so dumb. It's so right. That's so. I do believe that Dominic is going to become a breakout star out of all of this, which also has me wondering when is he going to decide he's too big for the Judgment Day? That's going to happen soon. Just want to put that out there. Um, well, Him and Mommy Rhea. <laughs> Dude, okay. The mommy stuff that he does with her is like the best way to make this man get booed because it is so pathetically transparent. But at the same time, it's working. <laughs> and I love it. Um, but a couple of other people we need to talk about. Uh, let's. Do you want to talk about Brock Lesnar and Bobby Lashley? Because satisfaction does not begin to describe this moment for me um i can I've, for West well <laughs> i could say this for myself the moment brock lesnar walked out his his number his music started playing i was rolling my eyes and i was like okay he's gonna come in he's gonna clear the ring and everybody's gonna you know uh, i was just over it the second he started coming out but then I was like, he's going to come out. He's going to do his thing. F- F5 and German suplex everybody. This is what he's going to do. And then Bobby's going to come out right after him. I just knew that was the case because it's like, 
I would love, like my sister told me, she was like, why couldn't the rumble just be so unscripted? Like, just let everybody just do what it is. And they go in. I was like, some, some of it could be unscripted. And then some of it has to be scripted because it has to go along with the story. And this went along with the story. We needed Bobby Lashley to come out right after Brock Lesnar so they can have a moment. Now, I thought it was going to be a bigger moment. I didn't think it was going to be just Bobby doing what he did and just tossing him over. Oh, I'm not complaining at all. I I literally cheered very loudly by myself in my house when he got tossed over. I was like, yes! Yes! bump he took when Drew McIntyre claimed him over the top rope, too. I don't know if anyone noticed. Was he the exact same bump? Like Like the handstand over the top rope bump? Same bump. Um, Wes can attest, I literally said the exact same thing when Brock came out. <laughs> um, that Bobby's going to come out. It'll be fine. Don't worry about it. Um, I do feel bad for Chad Gable, Santos Escobar, and Angela Dawkins. Yes. Because they kind of got fed here, like pretty badly fed to Brock Lesnar. Um, I also feel really bad for Xavier Woods because he kind of just got fed to Gunther. Um, now, again, I love Gunther a lot more, but I just, you remember when Xavier Woods won King of the Ring, and that was supposed to be this really big deal? <laughs> what happened? <laughs> yeah, it's definitely not one of the, the storylines that WWE is focusing on. And and that being said, I think that are the next steps, right? If I had to look into like the next five weeks of like what they're going to need to do, is they've opened up a couple storylines before the Rumble, and now they've made a couple new ones. We're going to have to see where they want to focus and, and how they're going to go about that. And I think that's that's probably one of the bigger uh, story points to go off of from this Rumble, because as you've already said, there's a bunch of new uh, opportunities uh, and also a bunch of new storylines. You know, as an example, we saw the, the continuation of Lashley and, and Lesnar, right? Um, mm-hmm. we, we got that continue on and, and the multiple brawls that we saw, right? Um, even the refs having to get involved multiple times throughout the rumbles. So, you know, there's just a lot of good storylines. And then of course we, we need to talk about the main storyline uh, to me, which is coming out of this, which is of course that Cody wins, but also, um, and if we want to talk one more, about one more person who deserves to be spoken about at length is to me is Gunther, right? His, his, the IC champion himself uh, lasting, you know, one of the longest of all time. Uh, the, the the longest, longest. in a thirty-man <laughs> Royal Rumble match. Um, and grand total that, of one hour eleven minutes and forty seconds. Like, whew, man, I can't even walk for that long. This man was in the Royal Rumble for that long. Yeah. So just you know, with with those types of things, and of course Cody winning the Rumble, uh, I think a lot of a lot of uh, questions are up in the air for sure. I think I I I did have a very newfound respect for Gunther in this performance. It was an amazing feat to watch him come in number one and then last the entire time and only losing by someone who came in at 30. Like <laughs> Cody Rose was the freshest man in the entire rumble. He should have won that match. Like statistically 
physically he should have won that match. And so for Gunther to last that long and not only last that long, but do so well, like he was fighting from that beginning to that very end. And it was a phenomenal performance. I was like, I, I, I'm not the biggest person, like fan. Like I wasn't a fan of Gunther. I didn't really follow his, even his icy reign. It was just like, it just wasn't one of those things that was high up in my priority of wrestlers. He wasn't, but he moved there tonight, that night. He moved there Saturday night because that was a feat and it was, it was amazing to watch. And I, I was very like, okay, Gunther, I see you. If a lot of eyes should be on him and he is well-deserved. Well-deserved. Well, I'm as probably the person who watches the most NXT out of the three of us here. Um, I had the privilege of getting to watch um, Gunther throughout his NXT run with uh, the NXT UK championship. Um, and, Dude, some of the matches he had with, like, Pete Dunne, a.k.a. Butch, uh, he had really great matches with Tyler Bate, Ilya Dragunov. Um, so when he came up to SmackDown, I was stoked. And, then, like, that first month, they kind of didn't really do anything with him. But ever since June, this man has been on a warpath. Yep, and he, uh, and he talked about up. his secret ring partner, which is Sheamus. Sheamus. Right? <laughs> Those two together are, are electrifying um, and, you know, of course, we talk about Drew McIntyre and Sheamus and, and their entire situation and how successful that is. But just as rivals, Gunther and Sheamus have really propelled each other to the very top. And even like I would say some of the best spots that we saw at that Rumble, maybe not the best spot, which, you know, of course, Logan Paul comes to mind perhaps for that. But some of the best spots of that match were involved with Gunther and Sheamus yet again. Mm-hmm. I agree. Um, I agree. And you also have just the other thing I want to touch on with Gunther and this Intercontinental title run. He is the, this individual reign is the seventh longest reign we've had with the belt ever. Um, He is less than 10 days away from being the sixth longest reigning champion as well. He's going to pass Shelton Benjamin if he does, which also Shelton Benjamin, not in the Royal Rumble. Cedric Alexander, not in the Royal Rumble. Um, But... I'm really happy that uh, Gunther got to shine here because they usually have one person go for a long time, just bell to bell almost. And I think Gunther was probably a surprising pick for a lot of people to do it. But when you see a lot of his work, it makes a lot of sense. Um, do we feel like Cody winning one was the right call? And two, do we think Cody's going to be able to keep the momentum and the fan support going into mania, especially with, all the bloodline stuff that we'll talk about later. Uh, it's going to be a very uphill battle for him. I think because of the bloodline storyline that is going to take place. And that is very much on the top of everybody's mind right now. And going into mania, you would think, or you would want the main event match to be the person who won the rumble against the champion. And that's a big, that's not going to be it. <laughs> Unfortunately for Cody Rhodes, that's not going to be it. And I don't know. It it all depends on how WWE decides to do this. If they break the belts up and give, you know, two uh, Roman has to fight both days of WrestleMania and whatever. 
I don't think it's going to be the top story, but I don't think it's going to. It's it. I think it still has a chance to keep the fans engaged because the thing about it is Cody is somebody who the fans are loving right now. They love Cody Rose. They love his story. They love his journey. The whole torn pick coming back, wrestling with that, coming back from that, now in the rubble, winning the whole thing. This is what the people wanted. They 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 wanted Cody to win. It wasn't it wasn't like Cody winning was something nobody wanted to happen. Everybody wanted that to happen. Everybody wants to see Cody win the championship. He's been there. He's been gone. He never had that chance to get to this level. And this mm-hmm. is where everybody wants him to go. So I think he'll have the fan support. He'll have the fans behind him. I don't think that's going to change. The only thing is he won't have the um, the mo- the the story is going to be at the bloodline. That's what everybody's going to want to see. I think that's okay. the main event that people want to see. Cody will be an event, but he won't be the main event, mm-hmm. unfortunately. I, but when he gets the title, if he gets the title, I think he'll still people will still be excited for him. And they'll, you know, his reign will be a good reign. But I, as long as this bloodline story, if they not, if they don't plan on squashing it, which they can't right now, they they've done so much, you can't squash it. So it has to go all the way to Mania, and it's going to be the t- top priority. Now, if they decide to make that Saturday night's main event, fine, whatever. Mm-hmm. But it's going to be a main event at some point. Cody's going to get the whatever. Let, they they don't make the storyline about the bloodline. So, <laughs> do you think it'd be kind of a letdown if they made Roman and Sammy go on night one? If if it does go to Mania, because to me, Roman, it, because Cody, if Cody wins a belt at Mania, which ninety nine percent chance he's going to, it, in only one, it needs to be the WWE title. Like it has to be the WWE title, um, because. I don't know how much you all remember, but his promo when he came back after WrestleMania was, I am here to win the WWE Championship. Yep. Right? Um, and him winning the Universal title would kind of suck a little bit. Like, as much happen. as I love... What, Wes, I'm sorry. I mean, you're right. It's it's not going to happen. If 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 he's only going to compete for one belt and not be undisputed, I, I would definitely have to imagine that it's going to be the WWE title. And that brings up to, to a, a, you know, a point, which is it's not like we're going straight into WrestleMania. Because as we said, there are a lot of different directions that can go and a lot of questions to be answered. The bloodline and the spilling of the bloodline is one of those questions. And you know, as much as we'd all like to see it go to WrestleMania, something that we should talk about as well is we have another pay-per-view to fill. Mm-hmm. And that pay-per-view is Elimination Chamber. And yeah. when you look at the, the bloodline storyline, we can't imagine Roman Reigns without the bloodline, right? That is that is the core piece of what's going on right now. So in some way, either Cody is going to have to get entangled into this bloodline storyline, which has a large chance of going really badly, or they're going to have to keep him separate and resolve the bloodline early at Elimination Chamber. If, if they're truly trying to do the Cody mania and making sure that all all eyes can be on that match. And so to me personally, and, and I'd like to know how you guys feel about this, 
I have a, a high chance that I think that there's going to be some type of consensus, maybe even by elimination chamber. I think that it would be very hard for me to see Roman dropping Abel at elimination chamber. Uh, because he's not going to be in a chamber match himself. Uh, we've already been told on Raw that it's going to be a U.S. title match in the chamber, and the Women's Championship match at Mania will be decided at, in the Elimination Chamber uh, for Raw, because we'll talk about that when we talk about that. <laughs> but um, I, unless they do some sort of weird triple threat situation here where Roman doesn't get pinned to lose the belt... I can't see a world where Roman drops either belt before Mania, especially without Money in the Bank involved. Yeah, Agreed. But, but also, not every not every storyline has to end in a belt, right? We've talked about that, uh, or mm-hmm. you know, that something to consider as well. And I could see because the belt's never really been the important part of that storyline, and I don't think it'll begin to at a chamber or at Mania. Um, mm-hmm. We'll see how Russell. Uh, we'll see how the you know WWE handles it, but. You know, there's obviously a lot of unanswered questions. That's why, you know, tuning in soon will be so important because we're trying to answer those questions like the Usos, like where, you know, what is going on with the bloodline in general? Because mm-hmm. um, we don't even know if there will be a bloodline, period. Mm-hmm. All three yeah. men of bloodline? I, I don't think it's going, I think seeing what happened, and we'll talk about what happened when we get to that match, I think. We already know that the Usos are going to lose. Well, they have a SmackDown Championship uh, one uh, going on for that belt. So, mm-hmm. and then since they're doing the SmackDown tournament for that belt, I'm sure Raw somebody will come up and want the Raw mm-hmm. Championships for from Raw. I don't know if the Usos are going to lose. I'm see. Okay. We go jump a little bit. We go jump the gun a little bit because I can't talk about it without talking about it because it's driving me nuts. Um, with Jay walking the way Jay walked, I see the Usos actually the bloodline doing that split down the middle. Of course, I think Jay is not going to go back to the bloodline. I think Jimmy is going to stay in the bloodline. So I think we're going to lose the Usos. It's just it's just not mm-hmm. going to happen. Solo is staying in the bloodline. Jay, Jimmy is staying in the bloodline. Jay is not. Jay, I can see, do a tag team. If they do a tag team with Sammy, because Sammy and Jay have grown that Lord, that bond. I think that's <laughs> something that we can look for. We could maybe possibly look to see if, unless they decide to give Sammy a chance to win the championship, which is possible also because Sammy is the hottest thing right now in WWE. We, we There's no question about it. People can say Sammy is, Sammy Zayn is now the hottest commodity in the WWE right now. So, Sami Zayn can win a championship, win one of those belts off Roman, and crowd will go crazy. People will love it. And I think he'll still have the loyalty of Jay in his that makes me I just don't know what's going to happen with the Usos. I think they're gonna lose both belts. They just have to at this point. Um I definitely think that whoever wins the SmackDown tag title number one contenders tournament 
will take the SmackDown Tag Team Championships. Oh, for sure. I for definitely sure. that right now I'm leaning towards that being Ricochet and Braun Strowman, just because mm-hmm. they got put in the Royal Rumble, and I believe the other team is Imperium, and they didn't. Um, but and also we got more time focusing on them, and also they were like entry into the tournament, replacing Sheamus and Drew McIntyre after storyline shenanigans. So it feels more like they're going to win the tournament, and you're going to have McIntyre and Sheamus versus Imperium for a little bit, which no issue with that whatsoever. Not mad about that. <laughs> um, but the interesting thing to me is historically, if we've ever had a tag team split up while they've been champions, right? Because I think the only time this happened recently was the whole. Dean Ambrose, Seth Rollins, right after Roman Reigns announced he had leukemia thing a couple years back. God, it was like four or five years ago now. Wow. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Um, but they had, like, Seth defend the belts by himself and drop it, I believe, to AOP in that handicap match. Um, but I would love to see, like, the Usos being forced to defend the belts as a team mm-hmm. and then them lose them as a team. Because, yeah. oh God, I just want to see it. But we'll talk about Roman and Owens later. We have to we gotta move on. Okay, we have to move on because I think we spent enough time talking about this. Oh, um, also, we ha- we said it, but I just want to put that out there. Logan Paul and the Ricochet spot was oh the best spot of the night. That was ridiculously crazy. And everybody's saying, like, it's so funny because everybody's like, Logan Paul did this. I'm like, Logan Paul did not do that by himself. He needed Ricochet. So let's say his name, people. Ricochet. I am so tired of Ricochet being slept on by everybody. Everybody. (laughs) Everybody. It drives me insane. If you have watched any of Ricochet's stuff from Lucha Underground, from PWG, from literally anywhere before he was WWE. He has the he has the skill. He has everything you need. Um, you know, I have a feeling that with what we're seeing in Ricochet, we'll obviously get to see more. Uh, you know, this wouldn't be the first time that the WWE Universe sleeps on talent for the rest of their life. Um, <coughs> I, oh, oh, board. Thank you. Yeah, oh, if you weren't um, to- oh, and Ricochet is fine. I'm going to put that out there for me because he's just fine. To look he's at, but, uh, to I, I know to Samantha. Now. I know that. I that wasn't meant to be spoiling, but I, they just got engaged. Like, I'm about to say, oh, I knew that. Oh, I knew that. I've, I, oh, I follow her on Instagram as well as him. So yeah, also, I was very happy for them. It, Samantha Irvin is the best ring announcer WWE has had in ages, <laughs> and she can really sing, and she can really sing. So they need to utilize <laughs> her when they want to do the national anthem no. at the times that they do that. Like for real. Okay, put that out. We must move on. <laughs> We must move on. We've talked about the memorable for 30 minutes. Okay. And we have not even gotten to the next match of the night. Won't which, take that long. No. Because <laughs> like Mountain, Dew, Mountain Dew presents the Pitch Black match. I would love to know what you all thought about the Pitch Black match besides it was too short. Okay, first off, the aesthetic of the Pitch Black match was amazing. Like, the art style, the direction, the lighting, it was really cool. Um, I loved how it looked. Um, According to what I've seen online, it did not look as great live, (laughs) Um, which I can imagine. But on TV, it looked great. Uh, It looked really awesome. Other than that, and maybe those, like, glow-in-the-dark ping-pong ball things into the announce table that were still there after... Um, like late into the show, 
I don't have much nice to say about this match. Um, there's not much of a match to speak of. I think the two-minute rambling I have done here is already about half the length of that match. <laughs> so... Yep. It really, really uh, makes you think, you know, like, what exactly do you want? Because I think that this kind of reminds me of, uh, you know, th- there's some metaphor to make where it, it's it's very flashy. Um, and it definitely caught me, uh, you know, aghast when, especially like, uh, you know, Bray Wyatt's entrance in, in the dark black, uh, the makeup, you know, you can like the style of the match is definitely what had it going for it. But the booking, yeah. take away the pitch black, take away the paint. And if you saw that match, how would you feel? And when the you play- approach it like that, it doesn't really live up to what you'd hope the match could be. I said what I said during the first, during our predictions um, show, and I'll repeat it. I really feel like this match needed to be one of those very cinematic, scripted, theatrical-type matches. I do think that it would have benefited for them to direct it like they did during the COVID times and just had folks in the arena watch it because it just didn't give what you thought it was going to give when you hear a pitch black match. And it, we don't know what to expect. Really, it was just a match with neon lights, a no disqualification, no holds barred kind of match. It was just, it was a typical no holds barred match just in the dark. And it was just, it just didn't it give. It wasn't even a typical no holds barred match. It went for like five minutes. And I understand that, sure, you have two Royal Rumbles that are have to be around an hour each, you know, like, and I get that. Um, but the men's Royal Rumble had about a 10-minute section at the end where Cody and Gunther fought, just just the two of them. You could have taken five minutes off the end of the men's Royal Rumble and put it on here. And granted, it may not have been perfect, but we saw a table spot. And what, like two seconds of a kendo stick beat down? We didn't see anything. It was barely no holds barred. And, you know, also, Bray Wyatt threw a toolbox into the ring. Am I wrong in thinking that that toolbox never got used for anything? Because I don't remember it being used at all. No. <laughs> Not even the post-match stuff. Like, none of that. So, I, I have... I think the I just... concept is really cool. I hope they do it again. Uh, and give it more time. Because this has promise. This was a really cool idea. It looked really great. Just give it more time and maybe the reception will be better. I just feel like it was just, it just didn't live up to what it was supposed to live up to. And um, I also feel like, uh, go ahead, Wes, because I just lost my train of thought. Oh, no worries. Say something. All I was going to say is no matter what dressing you put on a two star match, it doesn't make it more than a two star match. So I think you're being you, generous by saying two stars. If you give them, yeah, and I am being generous. If you if you present a two star match and you put black, you know, uh, you know, neon paint everywhere, it doesn't suddenly make it a four star match. And, and that's that's what it needs. It just needs give us a four star match, then neon paint, and it probably would have been, as you said, a better match with a, a bit more time, uh, some spots. And that's that's generally how it is. Because of course, as I said, it looked flashy. You know, it, it, first, it it gives you a lot of anticipation, and all it left me was lingering for more. Yeah, that's, 
I, and also, the, we should probably talk about the post match stuff because you have Bray Wyatt put on this weird mask, not the Fiend mask, just a mask. It made him look like freaking a predator. I don't know, if, like the predator, like from the movie series, the predator. It kind of gave me that with the hair that was going on, but. Go up the ramp, out into the crowd. LA Knight has this, like, glow-in-the-dark kendo stick. And he's occasionally running up and whacking Bray. He's no-selling it. I'm going to get up the ramp. Bray puts on the mandible claw onto this very obvious crash pad. Um, then Uncle Howdy's just, like, up on top, of, like, about 10, 15 feet above the crash pad. And then Uncle Howdy, like, spinning senton, I guess would be the best way to put it. Off the thing, explosion happens, and then the Firefly Funhouse characters are just there. Like, I don't get it. I don't don't understand. I I think Uncle Howdy was cosplaying as Darby Allen. Uh, (laughs) Look like a coffin drop. (laughs) And, uh, you know, I I, I don't mind Uncle Howdy. He's great, but he's not Darby Allen. And uh, that's that's about as much as I can say about that after spot. Um, And at least if you're going to do the spot... Try to aim like near the wrestler, right? Yeah, don't make even... it look like a spinning elbow drop because that's what it looked like to us in person. <laughs> like, yeah, I, I, I just wanted more. I didn't yeah. get more. It, that was that was the only thing I could say for that. Might I mean, LA Knight did what LA Knight could do in this match. I can't even like. I don't want to even fault him or Bray for like the. It just wasn't like, like you say, if we had more time where they could have done more spots and we could have had more stuff like two star match, literally, like you said, graciously giving you two stars. It was just it needed to be it had the potential to be a four or five star match, but it just lacked time. Yep. And speaking of time. We don't need we to don't, give uh, more, it time. more time. It's really over. It. But go ahead, Brooke. You, you look like you have something you want to say. Yeah. I, one more thing, though. The last thing about this match, because we do need to move on. Um, I will give him credit. I liked the table bump. I think the table bump with like the exploding like glow-in-the-dark ball, ping-pong ball, whatever, confetti thing, that looks really cool. But that's all we can really say about this is it looked cool. But it, it gave wasn't. nothing. It looked yeah. cool. It gave nothing. But oh. okay. One more thing. Pat McAfee was on commentary again, which is we didn't mention it earlier. Always <laughs> a win. Always a great thing. It was funny because even uh, Michael Cole or Cody Graves, Corey Graves, had no idea. Mm-hmm. Actually, yeah, the they were very was probably the best surprise <laughs> of the whole night because yeah, everybody was genuinely and actually surprised that Pat McAfee was back. Yeah. I like Pat McAfee. Is he the best on commentary? No, but I enjoy his energy. So there we go. <laughs> um, you can tell he's just happy to be there, though. Exactly. Which is great. Which is great. I really mm-hmm. like people who are just... The commentary desk needs a Dusty Rhodes. Mm. That's very fair. Agreed. And that's Sorry, about... He's the everyman. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I love this. Wow, that's okay. cool. I, I agree. Uh, yeah, I agree. <laughs> but the next match of the night was the raw women's championship match of bianca belair versus alexa bliss and overall i liked this match 
I just wish it was more. I think Second this is their lack. Exactly. I think it's the same thing with, from the pitch black match. It wasn't had the potential to. Wasn't this a hmm? great to see on a regular Raw? Yeah, exactly. So true. I would so very that. true. I would have loved this on Raw. <laughs> well, I, I would have loved this match. It had been on Raw because it was like great. It just needed more. And I, like you say, if they would have taken five minutes off the Rumble match from the men, five minutes off the Rumble match from the women, stuck them in these five minute matches from. To yeah. these two matches, it would have added something. It was just they needed more time. The crazy part for me here was that this build, honestly, was great. Like you have a lot of really cool stuff happening and a lot of like really good storylines developing. You have Alexa Bliss and the whole Uncle Howdy stuff going on. You have Bianca Belair who's like, yo, we used to be cool. What the hell? Like, there's a lot going on here. And it got nothing. Like in all honesty, I was more let down by this having less time than I was the pitch black match, because at least with the pitch black match, we got the table bump. We got, you know, the miss from Uncle Howdy doing the coffin drop. Like, we at least got things we can remember. I don't remember a thing about this match other than Bianca won with a KOD and the post-match stuff with Alexa and, like, the 10-second video with Uncle Howdy. Like... It just, it was such a letdown, and not even because of them, because they both did great. They just didn't give me to build up to a pay per view. Yes. But Mm -hmm. this is a pay per view. What happened? It's not even a pay per view. This is the Royal Rumble. This is the pay per view. Like, this is what we wanted. Like, like you said, this would have been a great build up match to for if next week was the Royal Rumble. Like, oh, right. They're going to be great next week. No, this was it. And it mm-hmm. was not what I was expecting. Alexa Bliss and, and, yes. and Bianca Belair are great wrestlers. And they yep, do correct. they did a fantastic job with what they had. But it just the lack of time. They didn't get to do anything. There was no cool spots. Like you said, there was nothing that we haven't seen on Raw or SmackDown or any other regular show. It's just like... Yeah, I almost feel that the uh, the Raw before it, where we saw Howdy, you know, look at Bianca, right, and sabotage that match, felt much more befitting uh, of, of this than even the match we saw here. So it just makes me wonder if, you know, perhaps uh, they thought maybe we'd be overpaladed with what happens later in, in the Rumble if we would have gotten too much. But what is too much? This is the Royal Rumble, for Pete's sake. Well, you, you have the other oh. issue of Bianca was not even on Raw last night. Like, she's the Raw Women's Champion, and you can't they, get a spot for her on Raw. Like, even they, to talk about it? Okay, they even announced that she was going to be there. They had a spot and said, up next, Bianca Belair. And then when we come back, they go right into the Cody Rhodes match. I was like, are you kidding me? She is the Raw Women's Champion, and we can't even give her the time? Like... We heard Rhea Ripley, spoiler of UNC Raw, but Rhea Ripley challenged Charlotte Flair. So it's like Bianca has this needs a spot to say now. Mm-hmm. Who's gonna take me on at WrestleMania? Da da da. Even though we know the Elimination Chamber's gonna do that, she should have had her spot. I just feel like yeah, they're pushing her along real quickly. 
like to lose her belt at Mania. And like to a degree, I understand that you know you can't always give everybody a match every week. You could even have her like in an interview backstage, like not even a two second, like thirty second interview. She's the freaking women's champion. Not only that, she's been women's champion for ten months almost. Like entire situation, you could have. Right, that's that's how we feel about the last two matches. Is you could have, and you didn't. Mm-hmm. And you know that, that is you know just in general what when we're looking right at this matchup and these storylines, you could have. So we'll see what happens, right? Because that's the beauty, though, the, to see the the silver outline, right? To see the silver lining of the situation is there's still something to do, right? All of these mm-hmm. and asked, and perhaps the next series of Raws and especially WrestleMania. Could be extremely eventful, right? Because they chose not to finish these stories or give all these big uh, results at, at the Rumble. So perhaps we're going to see some really good entertainment going forward. But it would have been nice to see some peaks, some climaxes at the Rumble. Well, um, and one last thing before we move on, because like honestly, we, the women's Rumble is probably going to take up a decent amount of time. Um, the ending stuff with Uncle Howdy, right? When has this ever been about Alexa not feeling in control? Because I understand that maybe it's like the oh you're trying to keep like the Lily whatever side of you buried. Okay, cool. But like there, it's never been about like her feeling in control of herself. It's always been about oh I don't need his help. Like I can do this on my own. And that the the ending of that just kind of felt weird to me and a little distended. But well, she did say in her um in her uh, interview before or a spot that she did she was like i'm always in control i'm the one in control so mm-hmm. when she said that that's when the thing came out oh you think you're in control or oh, you think you still have control so uncle howdy's thing is like letting her know that she has no control over what she does they have the control so i think that's where that spun from her saying she has control and they're like oh you think you'd have control yeah, that's fair. So, but all right, let's move on because now we got to the second Royal Rumble match of the night, the women's Royal Rumble match. And the better we, one. I, I I was I would agree. It was I, I okay. I won't say better. I'll say more well rounded than the mm-hmm. men. Definitely better, more well rounded. I felt like the men's Royal Rumble match was very. One sided, very straightforward, like no, no, no peaks and you know it was just everybody who we expected to be there was going to be there. Um, yeah. No new, no NXT people, which was very shocking. I was very shocked by that. No major returners or nothing major. I mean, Booker T, okay, Logan mm-hmm. Paul, great, sure. But this women's match had all of that. We had NXT people. We had returning people, shocking people. And it was interesting. And Nia Jax. We had Nia Jax. Is it okay, everyone's we, so excited? Could, could we have just saved that to 30 like, and, look, and botch it like they did her entrance? Whatever. Okay. Also, I think it is the best omen in the history of ever for the first time in, like, I believe it's been, like, 12 or 13 Royal Rumbles where they haven't had an entrance screw-up. The one they screw up is Nia Jax. I think it's, it's like, beautiful. 
I was like, are we seriously botching this interest? Like, we didn't even get the countdown. It was like 10. Why well, not like most girl? What? Oh, well, it is. Here we go. But yeah, one and two was Rhea Ripley and Liv Morgan. I was here for that. I was here for that one and two. That was amazing. Even though Liv wanted to be first, but two was just like first to me in the Royal Rumble match. I think it makes, because they want to have this whole thing of like, yeah, a woman's went wire to wire, number one, all the way to the end. Cool. Great. I would prefer Liv being number one, but I understand why she wasn't. Fair enough. Um, couple people I want to shout here, though. We got Roxanne Perez, Zoe Stark, and Indy Hartwell coming up from NXT for this. Um, they did Roxanne dirty in this match. Like, extremely dirty. She was in the match for less than five minutes. No eliminations. Uh, didn't even get to hit her finisher on anybody, which she's the freaking NXT Women's Champion, but whatever. I thought she was there longer than five minutes. Uh, according to Wikipedia, and that's I, I've been looking at this for notes, uh, she was in the Royal Rumble for four minutes and 34 seconds. It um, seems so much longer, but okay, Zoe go ahead. Stark was in here for almost 27. She had, mm-hmm. prob- she had the best performance out of any of the NXT people here. Um, but Allegedly, it's because they want to make sure she doesn't get injured before her title match at Vengeance Day, which, which okay, makes, sense. makes sense. Get it? You could have put Cora Jade in here instead. That's all I have to say about it. You know, when it comes to the, the Women's Royal Rumble, I almost feel like looking at like looking for flaws is actually the challenge. Because when you say, mm-hmm. you know, a Royal Rumble match, and I think this is, I think, uh, really indicative of what we saw that day, right? Which is, what do you expect from a Royal Rumble match? You expect shocking returns. You expect uh, old vets coming back one more time. You expect some NXT rookies, uh, perhaps. And then you expect talent, right? And then a very heated Final Four. We got everything you would want in a Royals Rumble match with the Women's Royal Rumble. You know, and only it only show, shines a light on the contrast that we get in the Men's Royal Rumble being such a expected, unexpected match. Because, you know, everything we expected in the Men's Royal Rumble, we didn't get. We didn't get shocking returns. We didn't get, you know, and and so on. So, I, I, you know, and you're right. Roxanne Perez was stunted a little bit in her time. But overall, I, I think it's really hard to find a, a really a really valid flaw or critique to the Women's Royal Rumble without getting too nitpicky. And I think that's pretty impressive. I mean, that, that's one of, like, the two nitpicks I could give this Royal Rumble. Uh, the other one I can give it is that you have, Nia Jackson are at number 30, which I think was definitely a choice. Um, if you wanted to have like a big return or like a big moment for number 30, why would you put someone that you know the crowd is not a fan of at number 30? To me, that slot would have been tailor-made for Asuka uh, coming out in her Kana paint from Japan. Um, you could have also had that slot be for Michelle McCool, who the fans love like to this day. You could swap those numbers, and I think it would have made the match feel a lot more cohesive. Um, but other than that, those are like the only two complaints I have here. You have Piper Niven. Her name is Piper Effing Niven. No longer do drop. Beautiful. Zelina Vega winning the Ring Gear of the Night Award with the jury outfit from Street Fighter. That was dope. Um, you have arguably a really star-making performance, in my opinion from uh, Liv Morgan and Rhea Ripley. You know, both went bell-to-bell in this match. Um, you have Chelsea Green debuting her Karen character, which 
I'm really excited to see how cringy this gets because she was great on Raw last night. Um, you know, and also Nikki Cross made the final four of a Royal Rumble. I don't think anybody would have called that going in, but you know, not only does she make that, she's going to be in the Elimination Chamber uh, next month, which is great for her. Um, so, really, a lot of really good stuff across the board here. Very good stuff. And it, it is hard to nitpick this match because I thought the Women's Royal Rumble match was amazing. Oh, I will nitpick one thing because I said it last time, Naomi not being there sucks major beans. And if they would have swapped Naomi with Nia, that would have been so much better because the crowd would have loved that. Nobody likes Nia Jax. I'm sorry. It is what it is. People do not like Nia Jax. And why put that in, her in this match, even if she's not going to be signed to wrestle full time, like she's not even signed to the WWE right now. They just put her in there just for what? You have to wonder if maybe they were testing the audience and the appeal to see if people still despise Nia Jax as much as we Yes. Did. And guess what? Our confirmative answer was the same as last year and the year before that and the year before that. Yes, we still don't like you. You still injure all of our talent and you can take your wrestling anywhere else. You Those know, are- I will give WWE props with how they handled Nia in the Rumble, you know, because she didn't eliminate anybody. She was in the match for less than two minutes. That is how you handle Nia Jackson. Don't make her in the ring long enough to hurt someone. And but she did <laughs> hurt somebody. <laughs> she she didn't hurt anybody legit. <laughs> she came close, but she didn't. Um, but you know, when I compare Nia to somebody like um, you know Michelle McCool, I'll, right, Brooke? But I have to interrupt you and say you're wrong. She did hurt someone. There were tens of thousands of fans. Whose hearts were weeping, broken. Just like we were very hurt to see her walk back out there. I don't want to see Nia Jax anymore. I'm it sorry. Been Naomi. Not a, Naomi. It should have yeah. been Naomi. It should have been Naomi. It would have. Or how about this? Why couldn't it have been Carmella, who literally showed up on Came back the next day. Night. Literally, what I said, like, anybody else could have taken this spot. Like, okay. I'm not trying to say some people didn't deserve to be in the Rumble, but a couple of them didn't need to be in the Rumble. Just saying. Because you why was legit- Sonya Deville in the Royal Rumble? I, I, I don't know why she was even there. I don't... Because not only does Sonya Deville have a freaking women's title match on Friday, right? Friday. But Friday. not only was it announced beforehand, they mentioned it in the match, right? And to be fair to Sonya, she did pretty okay in this Rumble. She got three eliminations, which is a big deal for her. Now, granted, one of those was the 11-person throwing out of Nia Jax, and the other one were Indy Hartwell and uh, Zoe Stark from NXT, so she didn't even eliminate anybody on the main roster. But not only are you going to make her devalued here because she didn't even make the Final Four, but she's in a women's title match on Friday. Now, granted, she's not going to win, but... You have her in a slot already for a championship. There, it doesn't make any sense. Um, so why was she here? That's my big question, especially when we could have had Carmella come back at the Rumble instead of the night after on Raw for reasons. Um, do you think that because we found out later that Michelle McCool didn't get asked until after she tweeted that she hadn't been asked? Um, do we think that Michelle McCool maybe take Carmella's originally intended spot? In the rumble, 
maybe. I mean, again, it's hard Possibly. to speculate because, again, what if Carmella was asked and for some reason couldn't do it that night and could do it the night, uh, you know, mm-hmm. the night after, right? We don't really know. Um, and, of course, there's always going to be. There there always be. Every Rumble you can go back to and say, well, couldn't this have been this person and that would have been a better Rumble? And you will say, yeah, right? Because there's 30 people. There there will always be a potential theoretical better better Rumble. But again, I, I do I do want to emphasize how good it was, even though yeah. it wasn't perfect. Um, and then, of course, you know, I don't know if anything you guys have to say else, but you know, that's kind of just how I feel about the Rumble. It was very good, um, and there were some issues. Nia Jax being my my biggest issue, but you know, uh, you know, even the big issues. And when I look at Brock Lesnar and I look at Nia Jax as the big issues, they were dealt with swiftly, mm-hmm, and which was very nice. I have to say that is a rare. Very rare response from the WWE executives because when we have takes forever, Mm -hmm. and this was quite painless. So, um, I want to just point one thing out though, uh, and it's concerning one Lacey Evans. Um, so Lacey Evans is in this match, uh, didn't really do a ton, she was she helped eliminate Naya, but the thing that I want to talk about is the bump she made Zelina Vega take when she eliminated Zelina Vega. One, Zelina Vega is short, okay? And this isn't even short for, like, a WWE wrestler. She's, like, 4'10", 4'11". Okay, she is not a very... She's not even 5'0". She hit... She had Zelina in the Cobra Clutch on the top rope, which is apparently her new thing, right? Cool, whatever. Drops her from the top rope onto the floor face first, Okay. That's like a 15, 16 foot drop. Um, normally when they do a spot like that, it's to the apron and then to the floor. Zelina took that entire bump. Yeah, um, like a tank. Like a tank too. I w- also, shout outs to Zelina Vega because you did really amazing in this match. I loved your soul spot with like Zia Lee doing like this. Yeah, that was, awesome. that, was, that, that was, was awesome. But it really, I mean, honestly, Wes, you were there. You heard me like audibly gasp. Yeah, it was a it was a really tough looking spot, I have to say. Yeah. Uh, and it's um, probably a pretty surprising bump, all things considered. Because I think the thing that was most surprising, and Brooke, maybe maybe you feel the same, is you know why why do that bump when when there's the apron so close? Uh, yeah. Why um, um, now I want to be clear. This is not one of those things like what was happening with Athena in AEW recently, where everyone's like, "Oh, she's hitting." Uh, God, what is that woman's name? I don't remember that the woman's the local wrestler she was fighting. I don't remember. I'm sorry, Jody something. Um, like I understand there's a very clear difference here between choreographed work between two wrestlers, right? Uh, that are just hitting harder, wrestling a little bit rougher, right, and a little bit stiffer, versus a 15 foot drop off the ring post that could have very easily injured Zelina Vega. When the apron was right there, it felt unnecessary. And it definitely worried me for a little bit, too, because and also that wasn't even the only scary bump we saw in either Royal Rumble because you have Brock Lesnar throwing, I believe, Sheamus onto his neck when he did the belly to belly. Um, So I get that we are watching WWE and that they all take real risk every time they enter the ring, but there are ways to mitigate that risk, and I do not feel like that was the best way to do it. But again, I'm not a trained professional. And, you know, if that's what they agreed on, that's what they agreed on. It was just hard to watch. 
that one spot in particular. We had uh, Nia Jax on the screen. So the fact that we only have to recognize that there were two scary bumps is a blessing. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> Correct. I agree. Thank I goodness agree. for Small favors. But yeah, overall, I thought the Women's Royal Rumble match was the better of the two. Yep, Very exactly. well round. Except mm-hmm. for Nia Jax, but we also had a Brock Lesnar, so I think that balances it out. Uh, um, oh, and also the final three spot with Oscar, Rhea, and Liv. Okay. Oh, oh, go ahead because I got something to 10. say about this. That is one of my favorite Royal Rumble endings we have ever had, men or women's. Super creative, uh, great way to introduce uh, Oscar using the Blue Mist, uh, which if you follow Japanese wrestling at all. The blue mist is supposed to be like the blindness mist. Like the different color mists have like different effects and whatever. The blue mist is supposed to be the blindness mist. So you have Asuka, you know, trying to hit Rhea, hits Liv on accident, right? Uh, Rhea knocks Asuka off the apron, goes to like, you know, she's being cocky because, you know, it's Rhea Ripley. It's very intuitive character. Liv instinctively hitting the Jersey Codebreaker. Rhea, you know, holding on to that top rope and ends up pulling up, doing the head scissors to take Liv off the apron, right? Great sequence. Amazing sequence. Uh, and also, if we get Rhea Ripley and Liv Morgan as the final two in a Royal Rumble, I'm just gonna say it. I called it and I'm very happy that I called it. Um, but you also have two incredibly talented women who really do not get enough shine by this company most of the time, getting an insane amount of star-making moments in this Rumble. Right on both of them. And thank you for not ruining Oscar for us, WWE. We really appreciate that. Uh, um, great, work yeah, by, I, great work by, by Rhea. Great work by Liv Morgan. And great work by Nikki Cross. So just, you know, exception. Yeah. yeah. That's what I was going to say. I want to give some props to Oscar. And because, first of all, that entrance was amazing. That mask was awesome. When uh, the music hit, I was like, yes. This is what I wanted to see. Then when she came out and the mat, I was just like, oh. And then when she took it off in the paint, I was like, yes. I love this Oscar. I mm-hmm. love the whole, like, it's it's kind of like the old Oscar where she's kind of like, ah, da, 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 da. but it's mm-hmm. kind of like a sinister kind of like, She's smiling in your face, but she finna beat you down at the same time. Maybe, maybe it was just me, but did she not feel like the Oscar that we saw when she when she first? First, yes, yes. Um, Also, I don't know if either of you watched Raw last night, but you watched Carmella and yes segment where Oscar's just sitting there menacingly, and Carmella's like trying to intimidate her, but Oscar's just looking at her. And then she just and then the, the blue, blue mist just started yeah. coming out. Yeah. It was so good. Like that's, that's what I'm talking about because like we're used to seeing Oscar with all the makeup and all this stuff. This was just Oscar plain face, just looking at Carmella, mm-hmm. just like mm-hmm. And Carmella's like, "Oh, you trying to welcome me back? I'm not scared of you." What? And Carmella's like, "I mean, Oscar's just like," mm-hmm. and she just smiled, and then all the blue mist started, and it's just so dang good. Well, I, the reason we fell in love with Oscar to begin with, like as a fan base, was because of how she was portrayed in NXT, right? Um, mm-hmm. And we and the person who was booking NXT at the time was Triple H. And if we have learned anything since Triple H took over creative, is that he knows how to book Oscar. 
well, in the past two weeks, we've learned that in the, in, since the Rumble and Raw. So we hope that it stays the course, and we hope that, you know, Asuka's in the Elimination Chamber. So, oh, Asuka. Also, Asuka. Um, quick note, Elimination Chamber for the Raw Women's Championship. Uh, yep. The final four from this match who aren't Rhea Ripley, so Asuka, Liv Morgan, Nikki Cross, and Raquel Rodriguez, all already got spots in the Elimination Chamber. Great. 10 out of 10. Great booking. Um, there's going to be a fatal four-way on Raw next week with Candice LeRae, Carmella, Mia Yim, and Piper Niven. Winner of that gets the fifth spot. And then somebody, <coughs> Alexa Bliss, gets the sixth spot. So uh, how do we feel about that lineup for the Elimination Chamber? Yeah, well, it's a pretty fantastic lineup. You know, I, yeah. it, There are some people that I would like to see as well, but you know, you can't complain with that lineup, right? Because you can mm-hmm. nitpick that, but that's just a great lineup. Um, mm-hmm. Agreed. I like it. I mean, it was a fair way to do it, to say the final four, besides Rhea, will get that spot. And it's like, okay, then the tournaments or whatever you go do for the next. I, I think it's a great way to do it. It's a fair way to do it. And um, you, you can't go wrong with this talent. Like, all of them are really good. All of them are really good. We have a great women's division. We do. Uh, with that, right, with that being said, I think we can now, as we... We've spoken a good length about the women's division. We can now move back to the men's division with specifically the best moment. Oh, right. Yes, the best moment of the men's division for a long time. This is it. Oof. Okay. Before we talk about like the after stuff and the storyline going into it, just a quick acknowledgement. Talk about the match because this match was really good. Though. This match was fire. Kevin Owens taking those two bumps onto the steel steps. Oh my god! Oh my I was god! In I was in physical pain. Like, because I, I don't know if any of you have ever like felt the ring steps outside of the WWE ring. Um, I have had the privilege because they have done shows in my high school, and the ring and the ring crew was very nice enough to let me, you know, you know, get a good close look. Those steps, they look fake. They're not. They're not um, made of foam. No, no. And that is steel. <laughs> dude, and earlier in the night, we had Bray Wyatt took the Mick Foley stair bump, and I called it out. I was like, oh, he took the Mick Foley stair bump. People don't do that because the steps hurt when you hit them. And then Kevin Owens would just, like, hold my beer, and it was... Ooh. Like, I was sitting there, and I was like... Oh my god! Like, it, you can tell how some of the bumps when they take some of the bumps and they are they put their hand where you know so they can shield the. This was no no that man took his whole head and ra- had it rammed into steel steps twice. That was so sickening. It was horrible. I mean, it was horrible in the best way, right? Uh, yeah. I- with any of these bumps and you know i was like this is nightmarish i remember thinking that in my head and of course that only gives us an allude to to the nightmarish sequence that we see later but it was just a fantastic match in general um yeah we saw of course really good talent on all sides Mm -hmm. a a very better paced than every other singles match um you know i have to you have to imagine that they knew that this was going to be the storyline to see and, of course, if we're talking about the match, before anything else, the chair. The yeah. beginning of the chair we see in this match, right? When we see um, 
when we see it introduced and will he, won't he have Sami Zayn in the chair, it all begins in that match. Yeah. And of course, you know, we start to see that the, those feelings uh, of, of doubt are, are there uh, for Sami. Yeah. It, it, it was it was interesting watching Sammy throughout the match because the commentators wanted us to really pay attention to is he sad because of this or is he happy because of this is this the, how did he react to this and how does he react to that and he was definitely playing up the we don't know where his head is like is he happy for Roman when he you know does something or is he sad for for Kevin because he's getting the brunt of this, you know, whatever the move is. And so I enjoy that aspect of it and seeing how Sammy, re- like every little part of everybody played their part in this match. And it was perfect to see. It was good to see Paul Heyman's reaction on contrast to Sammy's reaction. Yes. And then Roman and Kevin were just putting on a great show. Like, move for move, Kevin was giving everything he had, and Roman, in return, was giving back everything he had. And so it was just really a good match, and the dance of it all was really fun to watch because we had to watch... We got and to watch the the back and forth. We've been talking about the, the character acting of Sami Zayn and the, the absolute mm-hmm. stunt that uh, both... Um, that Roman and Kevin have been taking. Uh, do you have any thoughts on that? I will say this just in general about both of them. Um, Kevin Owens is probably, in my opinion, the most underrated talent on the roster today that isn't like Chad Gable or Mustafa Ali, like the one who actually gets booked but is still underrated by the fans. Um, and a lot of that has to do with his presence, right? Uh, Kevin Owens is loaded up with charisma. He can make anything work. Uh, we've seen it time and time again. I cannot think of a single time where I've seen Kevin Owens and I'm like, I don't want to, I don't want to deal with you right now. And that happens with so many people. Uh, and then Sami Zayn has proven here that this man can turn anything into gold. Uh, there has, it's same similar thing with uh, Kevin Owens. The only time I have ever seen Sami Zayn on my screen and wanted him to go away was the Bobby Lashley sisters thing. Uh, that wasn't his fault. I blame Raw Creative. So. Um, it was extremely compelling to watch this entire match, especially when you get the ref bump uh, partway through. And that whole time, I legitimately thought when Sammy gave Roman the steel chair and Kevin hit the stunner that Kevin Owens was about to become champion. <laughs> and every part of my logic-driven wrestling analyst like craziness brain knew. There was no way Kevin Owens was winning this match. But they got me. WWE found a way to get me. They don't get me that often. And, like, be able to, like, override the craziness in my brain that just is like, yep, Roman's going to help the belt to Mania. This match doesn't matter. They they did it. I don't know how they did it, but they did it. <laughs> um, through the character work of Sami Zayn and then through the wrestling work of, of Roman and KO, they, yeah. they were to deceive you know, even the best of us into like, you know, giving a chance. Right. And that's just how good of a great of wrestling and storytelling that they were delivering that night, you know? 
Yeah, it was fun to it was just interesting to watch and fun to see, like you said, how this was how it just developed throughout the match. Like it was it was definitely everything you wanted in a match, and it was definitely led right up perfectly to how this match ended. Like the build-up was amazing. And that that's how WWE got you, Brooke, because they got me. And I'm like, it was they just did it so perfectly with this story. With and it was it's all about the characters. If if KO and 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 Roman and Sammy were any like I think they were like at 110% that night. Like they were there. If they would have been 75%, it wouldn't have been the same thing. We wouldn't have, they had to be on it. They had to be on their A game. And each one of them were on their A game in in this match. I want to give props to Triple H here, um, just in general, because one thing that WWE has been criticized for a lot since like, I don't know, 2005, 2006, is that they don't really do long-term booking. That they kind of just go with whatever's working in the moment and then make decisions on the fly. This is probably the first time in a long time that we have seen a long, beautifully complicated story come out of anything. Uh, and it's still going. It's like WrestleMania, right after WrestleMania last year was when Sammy started riding the bloodline like on their coattails. And it's been that long and it's, it's been, been longer yeah it's been longer because this is all going back to when jay when the bloodline started yes. and jay was treated how he was treated. this is all going full circle now and this is started with that and building up and building up and building up to this point so mm-hmm. this is such a beautifully long term story because now we're going to all start thinking back to well after we'll talk about some more but what happened Mm -hmm. afterwards now we're gonna that's gonna take us back to the beginning of the bloodline like remember when what now he's acting because of it's it's just a beautiful story they they haven't done it we have to talk about it because we have to we have to to. let's let's get to it let's get to it the aftermath before we talk about the end I just want to remind people that when Jey Uso was having that story with Roman in the first time, right, there were people that were saying, okay, no matter how this turns out, Jey will be the person to take the belt off Roman, right? And then over time, with how the bloodline turned out, that's, like, kind of went away. And people have been like, eh, probably not, but, you know, whatever. It feels like a legitimate possibility again. And that's crazy that something that you know even a month ago i don't think anybody would have ever thought could happen is now something that could even be reasonably in the conversation um it can happen i mean so this is why we're saying what could happen if you didn't watch here we go the aftermath of it all roman ends up winning this match clean match well not clean but he won Low blow, referee was knocked out, all kind of stuff. He wins the match. And the Usos come out with Solo. They're celebrating. Sammy gets in the ring. And Roman instructs the Usos to attack Kevin. So let the attack begin. They are on him. You thought the steel stairs were back. You were... were Prepare for a new life, right? 
Like whole you, new, oh my god. This it, was a whole new level of beatdown. This is the most visceral thing I have seen in a WWE ring in a long time. Yeah. Uh, you get the super kicks, you get the Samoan spike, you get the spear. You get pretty much everything you can get from everybody that is not Sami Zayn. Um, and then the handcuffs come out. <laughs> and then they bring out two pairs of handcuffs and they handcuff Kevin Owens to the top rope. And, and they kick him. And they kick him. And they over. kick him. And they kick him. Okay. And they kick him. And they kick It was like 18 kicks he took to the head. And Kevin is just down, right? Done. Done. And you get Roman Reigns grabbing the same steel chair that Sam, that he had asked Sammy to give him earlier, right? Because during the match, uh, the referee had been knocked down. Roman asked Sammy to get him a chair. Roman grabs, Sammy goes and grabs the chair, hesitantly gives it to Roman. Roman turns around and was stunned from Kevin, right? right? And then the rest of the match played out how it played out. Um, and Roman goes to grab the chair. He grabs it. He's walking over like he's about to hit him. And then Sammy Zane tells him to stop. He he's stop. had enough. He's done. This is beneath you. you. you that was right. what got me. Was that when he said this is beneath but see, you? Because this very important, right? Because it went from a beatdown to an execution, and we were picking that up as an audience. But mm-hmm. just as always, Sami Zayn too was with us in that ring in that building as we as he saw too that this was going from being a beatdown to an execution and had to intervene. Just beautiful face storytelling, right? Um, yeah. And the other part for me, though, was, like like I mentioned, when he said, this is beneath you, right? To me, that made it feel a lot more uh, important uh, mm-hmm. and less predictable. Because a lot of people are thinking, oh, Sammy's going to stay loyal to the bloodline and they're just going to turn on him anyway. And here was when Sammy was starting. You could see he was like, man, I don't know why I'm doing this. This guy's been my friend for five ever um and you get this like very emotional moment right where roman tells sammy he gives him the chair and he tells him to do it right and sammy is extremely conflicted and he doesn't want to do it and then roman and paul Heyman start making fun of him and roman gets in his face and he kind of like pushes him around a little bit, just he slaps like he used him to twice. do gay, like and again, hearing in circle. That is what I'm saying. It's like this full circle, mm-hmm. and we're seeing this as an audience. It's like this is the same stuff you pulled Roman on Jay, who was loyal to you. Now you're Two pulling it years ago. This was two, two years and a half ago. years ago. Like, and now you're pulling it on Sammy. Like, mm-hmm. and Sammy has the same reaction that Jay has. Like, this is enough. Enough is enough. I'm sick of this. And he turns and this, and this is also another thing. Oh my God. This is the same way Roman always gets turned on is by getting hit with a chair in his back. Seth Rollins did it to him with the shield. Now Sami Zayn is doing it to him. Not that he's turning on him, but he is fighting, taking up for himself. And, and this tells you something about Triple H and the new creative sector of WWE. Parallelism. Par- what? Consistency. 
yes, it, it's a consistent narrative. And, and I don't think long-term narratives, parallel narratives, consistent narratives, these are all kind of new. And, you know, I'm definitely down to see more because this type of storytelling, we would only really other see in other companies. But now there's a potential chance that the WWE is going to continue to repeat these. Maybe, you know, with the, the positive reception, maybe we'll see more of these long-term parallel storylines. I think the, the big kicker here, it was in other companies or in NXT. Um, mm-hmm. Because back when Triple H was in charge of NXT, there was a lot of that, especially when you get to stuff like Johnny Gargano and Tommaso Ciampa. Uh, the revival speed with DIY, uh, just the undisputed eras, everything, like all of all the stuff they did, um, and it's kind of one of the things that Triple H is really known for is being able to provide long term parallels throughout his stories to other moments in the storyline. And here, dude, the moment Roman turned around, mm-hmm. right, and he's looking at Kevin. You see Sammy just get this look on his face, and he's like, this is going to suck. Because he's new. Yeah, you yeah. knew. He's and just he, new. Yeah. He grabs that chair baseball style, and he whacks Roman in the back with a steel chair. The apartment we were in, Wes, erupts the arena. <laughs> okay, the arena. Can we talk about this crowd real quick? The pop. The pop. Oh my gosh. That was so loud and so right. Like Have like you ever this... heard a louder pop in your life? Because I, I don't know. It, it's tough. It's up there. Maybe it's, like it's the hardest at WrestleMania. Like I was gonna is, say that. I was gonna say one. that. Like that was the other ones. But like this was so but the crowd was so invested, which is just a which is just a mirror to how I'm sure everybody who was watching at home, they just were able to express how we were feeling. Because in that moment, when Sammy hit Roman with that chair, my jaw was like on the floor. I was screaming in my living room, just like, oh my God. Like, this was such a, like, the I guess needed moment like Sammy needed this moment but in that need for this moment to happen he knew I'm not going to come walk out of this ring like I walked into this ring like he knew in his mind like this is not going to be good for me but this is what I have to do for me in order for me to stay true to who I am I have to do this because like you say him and Kevin were friends forever They've been friends mm. forever. And for him to sit there and actually do that would have turned who he, just not who he is. It's just not who he was. But in that moment, and then seeing the reaction from Jay to Sammy, and Sammy looking at him like, I'm sorry. It was like that moment was so good. Even in the smallest moment, he's like, I'm sorry. And Jay is like, what you doing? We brothers, what are you doing? And then when Jimmy kicked him, Jimmy kicked Sammy in the face, and it was kind of like, okay, that's it. It's on. But to watching even Jay in this moment was on 110%. Like, they gave all the character development that I needed in this moment. Like, it was pure cinema, Yep. Jimmy kicking him solo going for him. Jay, Did- who has been his adversary for a long time, 
now turned brother and loyal, stepping back like, I don't want to be a part of that. Did we think for a little bit there, because I was honestly a little worried when Jimmy kicked him that Jay was just going to jump right back in. Of course. I mean, you know, we, again, we don't give WWE a lot of credit for the things they do right a lot of the time. Like, even tonight, we've been talking about the Royal Rumbles. We were a little bit focusing more on the negative. There's nothing negative to talk about here because everything was perfect. You get Solo, right? Who originally, Solo and Sammy seemed to be pretty cool with each other. You know, they had like the handshake when Solo first came up. None of that. Not a single ounce of that. I mean, we saw the week before, Solo was very much ready to to spike Sammy Zayn at the trial. Solo does Mm -hmm. not care. He was very willing to do it. And I think... we, you know, Solo's been kind of the person who's not really gotten a lot of talk about be, like online, but I think the th- reason why Solo has been like this is because Solo is not loyal to Sammy. Solo is loyal to Roman, right? Mm-hmm. And he is doing whatever Roman asks him to do. Roman says, hey, treat this guy like he's family. He's treating him like he's family. He says, kick him out. Oh, I will spike your ass into non-existence. And I don't care. You don't care. Um, and then you have Jimmy, who, you know, he didn't get the same treatment that Jay did, you know, because exactly. he was injured at the time. So you have Jimmy, who, granted, Roman did attack him in that Hell in a Cell, right? But he fell in line the second he got back on SmackDown, right? There was like a week where he was a little indecisive, and then after that, boom, in line. It never changed. And then you have Paul Heyman, who is killer in this whole segment, I would like to add. Because all you're getting is Paul just egging this whole thing on over and over again. Um, which also, it, again, Paul Heyman, arguably the best wrestling manager of all time. Why are we surprised Ar- that he's doing this? Arguably. arguably. I mean, Ar- Bobby Bear. Heenan. Uh, maybe Bobby Heenan. <laughs> yeah. But then you have Jay. Yeah. Who, as much as I love Sammy and I love Kevin and I love Roman, I honestly think Jay had the best performance in this whole segment. Um, I mean, you know what they say fast friends make fake friends you know mm-hmm. and th- and this is a perfect example where those who were the kindest earliest right were were just as quick to turn but jay you know the person who was not quick to turn to any type of allegiance to sammy who had to grow with him into a point of mutual respect and then brotherhood you know that dissension is not going to fall fast to jay right jay is not going to abandon a brother that quickly mm-hmm. and i think also and this needs to be said too i think jay also had to watch in absolute horror as two other people who he considered brother would turn on a brother that fast as well mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. i agree everyone's kind of a traitor because sammy turned on roman but then solo jimmy and roman turn just as quickly on Sammy. You know, and I yeah. don't think Jay had it in him, and it shows with that beautiful character acting that he was able to demonstrate. The yeah. moment when you have, not even when Sammy rolls out of the ring, right, because granted, that was pretty powerful, but when he's walking up the ramp and you have Jimmy yelling at him, like, what are you doing, Oos? And Jay just looks back for a second and then he just puts his face in his hands and he keeps walking up the apron. Oh, from the ramp. Um, that was powerful. It was so powerful. Every it was moment. just every moment. Like I said, that was pure cinema. Like, 
if you ever wanted to watch wrestling for the entertainment value of of WWE, that was the moment. That was a soap opera, a movie, a uh, a. Uh, Every uh, tell uh, what telenovela, everything mm-hmm. involved that you want to watch on TV. That was it. It gave you highs, it gave you lows, it gave you agony, it gave you sadness, it gave you violence. It, gave, it was everything, and it, you felt for Jay. You felt for Sammy looking into Jay's eyes because, like that moment between him and Jay, Sammy and Jay, was just. It was two seconds, but it was so powerful. So I just feel like that was one of the... I was very much invested. I was very much in tune to what's happening. And still today, I'm still in tune. Like, even the after effects, like, they're playing this up so well. Like, Jay tweeting out, I'm done. With the little blood the bloodline drop. With the bloodline, with the blood drop, and then solo tweeting out loyalty with the blood drop. It's like they're still playing these parts, even after and on, you know, on social media. And it's just like, okay, then we have to wait till Friday mm-hmm. for any answers or. Lack of as you said this earlier, Wes, and I agree with you. This Royal Rumble brought out more questions than it did answers, and so that just builds up the rest of like for Elimination Chamber, the Raws and Smackdowns to come up to WrestleMania. When are we going to get these answers? Like, what's going to happen to the Bloodline? Who's going to be faithful with the Bloodline? Is there still going to be a Bloodline? And then all of the other questions with all of the other championships and things like that. I just felt like this rumble, they ended it on the perfect note because Mm -hmm. that's all anybody is talking about right now. I also just want to mention that I, this is going to sound really stupid in comparison to all this stuff. I'm very happy that The Rock had nothing to do with this. As much as I, you know, we were kind of joking about it in the uh, predictions videos like if the, if the rock shows up i'll give you both ten dollars like whatever um which also <laughs> lewis haha <laughs> but i'm just kidding um but i'm so happy he didn't show up because i don't feel like it would have been as emotionally resonant um yeah because if the rock shows up there's no avoiding what's going to happen at mania you know we know what's going to happen there's going to be a match with him and roman here the Rock kind of would have tainted this segment, I feel like. And and, and, I, and I think that would have happened if it was anybody. It's not just The Rock. Um, if, if, you know, if Austin Theory was involved, it would have been just as bad. You know, it's just, you know, this segment didn't need it. It needed the people that were in the ring. Nobody else needed to be involved. It would have been ruined with anybody else involved. And Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens are now probably the two most over people in this company. <laughs> yep. So... But because we're reaching the end here, we can start talking about potentially our theoretical answers. Maybe we can end on that and, and how we would mm-hmm. answer situations. And, you know, particularly when I'm turning to the, the Rock, right, as an example, I think that the, the Rock can only come in once Roman Reigns is no longer the man, right? And what a better time for something like that if we think that Roman Reigns is going to lose these belts and the bloodline is going to be diffused perhaps the only person to be able to reunify the bloodline later on 
and be the new alpha dog might be the electrifying man himself. So I, I agree with you completely, Brooke, that the, the, the rock, this wouldn't have been the time because Roman mm -hmm. Reigns is the man right now. You can't have a new man. Um, not yet. He has to fall and it has to be a, a huge fall, like fall from grace and for the rock to come in and rebuild because maybe he'll come in and be like, Hey, we are still family. This is still a bloodline. We just have to, the rock could be the one who mends the bloodline once it's fractured. But I don't think bringing the rock into right now would have been, I, I, as much as I said it, I wanted the rock to show up, but I want the rock to show up at the rumble and just be in, you know, in the match. Mm -hmm. But as much as I, I never wanted the rock to interfere with this line, this storyline right yet. Just yet, like I wanted Roman to maybe feel like, okay, Rock won the Rumble. Now he coming for me, maybe. But that was that. But I didn't even care that the Rock didn't show up. It was it was fine. This moment needed to be this moment. It didn't need nobody else. It didn't need nothing else to be added into that. It didn't need any outside interference or anything else. This was just a perfect moment. You don't have a lot of perfect storms in the WWE. This was the perfect storm. And if you would have added one pebble of anything else, it would have ruined the mm -hmm. whole thing. So, yeah, I'm glad it didn't happen. I'm glad. What What do we think is going to happen to the bloodline? What, do, what Let's let's ask that. What do we think is going to happen to the bloodline going into the Elimination Chamber and WrestleMania? What do y'all yep. think? And I started off uh, this this episode talking about something similar, maybe in the pre-show, maybe in the beginning here. Um, but I'm, I'm, uh, you know, I said even in the prediction show that we did before that I thought the bloodline was going to spill, you know, and and here we are, the bloodline spilling. Um, I have to think with Cody Rhodes being in the picture but not in the picture, uh, you have to imagine that he's going to get involved in some way, and some way that I could see it is Roman Reigns saying, "All right, I'm going to handle Cody Rhodes." And it's perhaps that Solo uh, and, and Jimmy are going to have to handle Sammy, uh, KO, and, uh, and of course, uh, Jay, right? And, and that might be how it has to go down, because at some point, we're definitely going to see some type of civil war, in my mind. I don't know about you. What do you guys think? I think one luxury we don't have yet is knowing what's going to happen on SmackDown. Um, and I think whatever happens on SmackDown is going to be very telling for the next little bit, especially with Jay, because Jay is the one that I feel like has the most ambiguity going forward. Um, Kevin and Sammy, obviously, they're going to stay linked up. Roman, J, uh, Ro, Roman Jay and not Jay, Roman Jimmy and Solo, obviously, they're going to stay linked up with Paul Heyman, probably. Then you have Jay, who you know, we've seen stuff like this before where people are like very indecisive and very conflicted, and they ultimately just go back to it, you know. Um, this could end up being one of the situations of Sammy had the strength to do the thing that Jay can't do, you know. Um, and I don't want it to be like that. I would personally love for Jay so to leave the bloodline, get a solo run again without Jimmy, you know, because those matches he had with Roman a couple years back were so good, especially that Hell in a Cell match. Amazing work. But I have this gut feeling that. We're going to get Roman versus Sammy at Elimination Chamber. 
Roman is going to retain, and then it'll be it between Sammy, Sammy and Roman, and then we're going to get Sammy and KO versus the Usos at Mania, and Roman versus Cody at Mania. I don't want that to happen. But like I said in the predictions video, I have learned to temper my expectations with WWE <laughs> over and over and over again. <laughs> if there is anything we have learned over the years, it's that if this company has something, has a beautiful golden diamond in their hand, they will find a way to break that diamond in half. But also, Vince <laughs> so, is very good at shattering that diamond for a six-foot muscular man. But true. I think that we the new Triple H style of booking come through here. And why have Jay walk out if they're going to only a week later go back on that? So I was in complete agreement with you until that night. I don't think we can see yeah. versus Sandy Kevin Owens any longer. I don't think that. I don't think so either. What do you think, Lana? I don't think that. I don't think we're going to get the Sammy. Uh, Sammy Kevin against the Usos because I don't think I, I agree with you. A walkout on Jay doesn't make sense for him to just go right back into being. I think they could force the Usos because they are the you know the champ. They have to fight because you are the reigning tag team. Saying either you go fight or you forfeit. I don't think either one of them is going to want to forfeit, and they are brothers still. And, and the problem is not with Jimmy and Jay. The problem is with Roman and Jay and Sammy and Roman. You know what I'm saying? It's not Jimmy and Jay. It's not the Uso who's who's who beefing. Now, I think they will be forced to f- wrestle and defend their championships because they do have that number one contenders match going on, whatever, whatever, whatever. They go have to fight at that SmackDown championship. I think they're going to lose. I think they're going to lose because they won't be able to get on one accord because it's going to be too much going on between why aren't you coming back to us? I don't want to be a part of that. Blah, blah, blah. That torment. As far as elimination chamber though, I, I just, I don't, I don't, I, I would hope they don't make Roman fight Sammy at elimination chamber because I think that's stupid. And we all know what's going to happen. Sammy will not win that match. I want, Sammy Roman at WrestleMania. That's what I want. That's what I want. I want Sammy and Roman at WrestleMania. I want Cody and Roman at WrestleMania because you have two belts. You have to fight twice. That's I mean, just heck, the nature of the beast. You could even do a triple threat. Okay. Or triple I, like we've done it before. <sighs> WrestleMania 30 happened. Like, I mean, uh, granted, it would be much easier to just have one title match on each night. Yeah. But um Okay, but off this subject, because at this point, we really kind of just have to wait. Um, Until SmackDown, really. Do we have <laughs> any predictions for the two Elimination Chamber matches? Like, any early thoughts about what could happen? Um, because we know four of the people in the Men's Elimination Chamber, and the other two are going to be in qualifying matches next week. Um, so right now, we have Austin well, Theory defending the U.S. title against Seth Rollins, Johnny Gargano, and Bronson Reed. All four of them are confirmed. Uh, and then either Angela Dawkins or Damian Priest will take one slot, and then either Elias or Montez Ford will take the other slot. Um, do we have any thoughts on who could well, take those slots? Let's, let's easily talk about this, right? Because I think there's a prediction that all three of us can agree on. Alexa Bliss is going to be fighting Bianca Belair at WrestleMania. 
But Alexa Bliss won't be fighting. Twisted Bliss will be fighting Bianca Belair. And that means that Elimination Chamber, we are going to see Twisted Bliss take Elimination Chamber. I don't agree. <laughs> um, I do not agree even a little bit. I think the beauty of the Bray Wyatt verse is that it can be intimidating and threatening without needing a championship. And that's always been like the big part about Bray Wyatt. A lot of people are like, oh, Bray Wyatt loses big matches, right? But Bray Wyatt doesn't need to win championships, right? When you put somebody with a championship, they eventually have to lose that title, right? Um, it's the same reason why like, The Undertaker never really held the title very often either. He's only a six-time world champion, and that feels wrong when you think about like the fact that he was in the company for 30 years as this big, over-the-top, like the final boss, if you will. Um, I don't think they need to put Alexa in the title match at Mania. I don't think that would be what her character needs. Um, I also don't... I think she might even be in the Elimination Chamber, and I think after the Chamber is when she'll finally, you know, join the dark side, if you will, uh, with Uncle Howdy. I don't think she should win it. In all honesty, I think it would be really compelling if, you know, she kind of, you know, rejected it for a little bit on TV a little bit further, right? Goes into the chamber, is like the first person out, right? Gets eliminated by like a roll up by Nikki Cross or something, right? Because they have history. Um, and then after that, that's when Alexa feeds into it. Um, personally, I would find that more compelling. I don't think she needs a title match at Mania, uh, especially when you consider the fact that we have two really good options just sitting there in Oscar and Liv Morgan. If you put Alexa Bliss into that match, you were going to make Oscar take a pin and we don't need that right now. Um, and also Liv Morgan was final two in the rumble, which typically means that they have something planned for you at mania. Uh, and they want people to have you in your, their mind. Um, but I mean, historically, like when you, when I think about it, historically, that has been the case. The only exception to that I can think of is Santino Morella in 2011. <laughs> but you know, you remember that Lana? I know you. Did. Yeah, I'm just, it just, <laughs> it just hit me when you said. Yeah. I was like, oh god, no. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, personally, as much as I think she has a very good chance of winning, I don't think she should. Um, but you know, we'll see. We'll see when Elimination Chamber rolls around. Elimination Chamber is only a few weeks away. Uh, sure. it's February 18th. Um, so. I have to. What's your prediction? Pick a name. Um, okay, in the women's match. Um, okay, so I'm going to predict the fifth spot first, because I think the fifth spot's more interesting to me before we go into, like, the winner. Um, I think the fifth spot is going to end up being Carmella. I don't want it to be Carmella. I would much rather it be any of the other three ladies that are in this match. Personally, I would pick Piper Niven, just because she just came back, and also, you need to sell her as this, like, you need, you need to sell her as different than Dewdrop, right? Because if you like, oh, it's just Dewdrop with a different name. No, like you need to make her have a defined character and a defined move set and a defined everything that she didn't really have as Dewdrop. But they're probably going to give it to Carmella since she also just came back and had a segment with Oscar. Uh, right. And because Carmella and Oscar had that segment, I'm gonna pick Liv Morgan. And I know that sounds biased, but one, why are they putting Liv in a match for the Raw Women's Championship match at Mania? That feels a bit awkward since she's on SmackDown. Uh, I mean, to be fair, Raquel Rodriguez is also on SmackDown, so there's that. But two, if we have learned anything over the years, it's that if they have Asuka feuding with somebody, 
and it's not for a belt. They like to keep Oscar feuding with that person, and if Oscar's going to be feuding with freaking Carmella, which is what it looks like, um, I wouldn't. I mean, at least it gets Oscar on TV, <laughs> so I can't complain about it. Um, I'm gonna pick Liv with the understanding that I could be totally wrong, and Oscar could just win, and I would be totally fine with that too. Here's my thought. I think it's going to be Asuka. I think Asuka's going to win this because Asuka came back with such a this new old character, I guess. I wouldn't say new old because it's new, but it's just like the old Asuka that we used we saw at the very beginning when she first came when NXT when she first came up to the WWE. I think they're trying to get us back to that moment of Asuka where when she says you're not ready for Asuka, people actually believe it. And then I think they are—they have to give Oscar a do-over because they did Oscar so wrong when Oscar won the Royal Rumble to send her to WrestleMania only to lose to Charlotte. Like that was sickening mm-hmm. and disgusting, and it should not have happened. Oscar should have been champion then, and then the ring you do give Oscar to win the championship. It's literally given to her because Becky Lynch had to leave to have a baby. And that's not the kind of champion I think Asuka deserves. I think Asuka deserves to win, win and fight and make people, you know, and defend. I just, I don't, I don't like how they did Asuka. I think they, they are, Asuka deserves to win this elimination chamber. Go to the to the WrestleMania and beat Bianca Belair. As much as I love Bianca, I think Oscar deserves to win. And you know, Bianca held it for a year. Sure, great. It she can drop it, and it, I'll be okay with that. But if she drops it, I want her to drop to Oscar. You know, it really sucks to me. Oscar has lost all three times she's fought at WrestleMania, all three. <laughs> Which is sick. I, it, honestly, it, it's twisted it, and not twisted bliss. This is twisted I mean, sad. It's so dumb because like she came in to the WWE undefeated in in NXT, never lost, and then she comes up and wins Royal Rumble and goes to SmackDown. I mean, goes to WrestleMania, and her first loss is at WrestleMania. What? I, I remember disgusting. Watching, right, because this was back before I was like super active online. I was just watching WWE at the time. I and, was there. Yeah, you were at that show. I was at the at the WrestleMania that when she lost. I was Jealous. very um, her and Nakamura that year. I remember Charlotte put in the figure eight, right? And I'm sitting there. I'm like, oh, don't worry about it. Oscar's going to get out of it. Find a way to turn it around to like a Moodle lock or something. Don't worry about it. And then she tapped out, and I was like, you have her lose to a tap out. The most then, feared woman taps out. And then after the match, right, she gets a microphone and, you know, I'll be honest, I thought she was about to turn heel. I thought, you know what they did with Nakamura after Styles beat Nakamura at Mania? I thought something like that was going to happen. Like, Oscar was going to snap and lose it. And granted, probably not the most creative idea. And also, they should have just had her win the match, but whatever. But... At least it would have meant something. She's just like, you were ready for Oscar. Congratulations. I'm like, what? What? No. Um, Oscar deserves so much more than she's gotten. And I also think they should have had Rhea challenge Bianca 
because Oscar, if she would have won this match, would have got to challenge Charlotte, and that would have meant so much more. Because, granted, I understand that, yeah, Rhea and Charlotte didn't even get a crowd for the WrestleMania match, you know? Cool, whatever. But that was for the NXT Women's Championship. Half of the freaking people that watch don't even remember that that match exists, as much as I loved that match. It was great. One person won. Um, but what in what way did Rhea losing the NXT Women's Championship to Charlotte Flair even remotely harm her? Oscar <laughs> losing to Charlotte hurt her badly. Uh, and if it was the winner of this Oscar Challenge, Charlotte, I would be picking Oscar all day long. Uh, because that's yeah. the person who would deserve it. Yeah. She doesn't really have anything with Bianca. Uh, no. I I would love to see her fight for you know Romania and win. What was that, Wes? You know who does have beef with Bianca? Alexa Bliss. <laughs> Alexa Bliss. And we shall see, right? That's mm-hmm. and that's what it's down to. You know, we're 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 getting in here. Uh, we've been at an hour and fifty minutes, but that's what it all really boils down to, right? Is we'll see. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of questions. A lot of questions to be answered. But yeah. Twisted Bliss does have does have a thing to say to Bianca Belair, I think, at WrestleMania, but we'll see. Okay. I mean, I'm not agree- I'm not against that either. Yeah. Okay. Quick okay. quick question Me. on the men's elimination chamber. Last thing. Uh Austin Theory, Seth Rollins, Johnny Gargano, Bronson Reed, either Angelo Dawkins or Damian Priest, and either Elias or Montez Ford. Okay, Damian Priest is going in first. Damian Priest is gonna breed. Uh, 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 Dawkins and Montez is going to be Elias. That's what's yes, gonna happen. That is exactly what I think is gonna happen too, because I think the street profits are about to break up. Yep. Um, and Dawkins needs to be the one to turn heel on for it, hundred percent. Um, I honestly think there are two people that have a reasonable shot of winning that match. Um, either Austin Theory retaining or Bronson Reed. Um, I could see either one of them winning, especially because we know. Seth Rollins is probably going to be fighting Logan Paul at WrestleMania, which choice. Yeah. Um, which honestly, that match will be great. Though. It's going to be a good match. I think it's going to be a good match if they do. Because, yeah. Um, the only thing I have to think of is they're going to have to have Bronson Reed eat a pinfall here. And I, I don't know if they're willing to do that yet. So I'm going to pick Bronson Reed, even though it's probably going to be Austin Theory retaining. But Bron- Bronson Reed. I don't really know. I don't really, you know, I'm not really invested in this match. Could if I be honest? Could I just be honest? I'm just really not because number one, I'm not a fan of Austin Theory. Don't really like the kid. Kind of wish he go away. Um, uh, so if anybody's gonna beat him, great, do it. I don't care who. I really don't care who. I just want anybody to beat him. So Bronson Reed, if I don't think it's gonna be Seth because, like we said, Seth is gonna fight Logan at WrestleMania. So. Bronson, if you're the guy, just do it, and so he can go away. Um, I don't think they're gonna let Montez win it. I, although it would be nice, it would be interesting, and I think that would be definitely a, a way they can start the breakup of the Street Profits. Because if he is holding the United States Championship, he won't be fighting a lot with. Dawkins for the tag team stuff and that's going to grace his nerves and if they wanted to take that route I don't know if they want to do that right now or that how they want to do it but I do think the Street Profits is going to come to an end soon I think 
Dawkins is going to get tired of the shine that Montez Ford is getting. And so, sure, Montez can win too. That'll be great. That'll be fun to see. And I think he'll be a great United States champion. The rain will be fun. Mm-hmm. I mean, but, you also got to think Johnny Gargano and Austin Theory have a lot of that's history true. there. True. So um, he I could do it. I'd love to see Gargano win Ooh. because, being real, he hasn't really gotten a ton since he's been on the main roster. True. Um, and also, we got to think Johnny Gargano versus Austin Theory would be a majorly great storyline for Mania. So I could see Gargano winning here as well. So I mean, honestly, I can see that too. Yeah, I just want anybody to be Austin Theory. Let me just be honest. I don't care. As soon as whoever wins, I'll be happy as long as it's not Austin Theory. But everyone that dumb dumb cashed in the money in the bank (sighs) race for the U.S. title. Anyone remember that? Um, I lost. Anyway, so uh, Reed, what do you think was? Well, I mean, it's very simple, right? Wesley Reed has to root for Bronson Reed. Uh, per it, it, it's that simple. Per you know what? I'm here for that. I'm here for, I, like that makes sense. That's very simple. I, I like the way you think, man. I like the way you think. That's simple for me, not Austin Theory. That's <laughs> per like seriously, not him. But okay, yeah. Everybody, anybody but Austin Theory. I think that's the the, the mm-hmm. consensus. But on that note. We know we have a lot to, coming up with the Liberation Chamber, and we'll probably be back here talking about that because why not? Um, uh, but yeah, we appreciate everybody for watching, sticking around with this long hour and almost two hour podcast. We have never done an almost two hour podcast about wrestling, but that's what happens when you get fans together. And we have to break down every inch of every part of every show that happens. Um, but if you like what you see, follow us, like us, subscribe. Uh, follow us on Twitter at the cup underscore reality. Follow us, you know, rest. Wes does not have a Twitter, so I couldn't put him up there. But, you know, it's okay. He's still a cool guy. It's cool. But follow me and Brooke. <laughs> follow me and Brooke. We're on there. Follow them. We talk- <laughs> yeah, we're on there. We got some good stuff we talk about from now and now, time again. And like I said, we'll be back here to talk about the Elimination Chamber. I don't know if we're going to do predictions, but I think we already did. But So we well, don't have to do a prediction. For the two matches that have been announced, it's kind of yeah, like we, we don't really have to. But we'll, we'll, we'll come back and talk about a recap of the Elimination Chamber. And um, if you feel like jo- – if you're a wrestling fan and you want to join us, hit me up in the DM. And uh, we'll see about having you on our panel because – as you see, we're cool people, and we would love to have you. And don't forget, we got NXT Ven- Vengeance Day on Saturday. We're not going to be doing – we're not covering it. We are not covering it. We are but not covering it. if you want to get some really good uh, wrestling content in your veins this weekend, feel free to check it out. The show is going to be great. A lot of really good stuff going on. New Day is going to be on it if you know who they are. So there's that. Um, but, yeah, it's going to be a great show, and I'm going to be watching. So I hope you all have a good time watching it as well. Yeah, then I think that's going to be it for us. So thanks for joining. We'll see you all the next time around. Peace out, guys. Bye. Bye. Bye and bye. Bye. It'll show. It'll show. Bye. It's showing. There it is. Bye. It's showing. There it is. There it is. Bye. Bye, y'all. Goodbye. Please leave. We're done.